1: welcome back to not your average joe the podcast that'll make anyone a little less average i'm your host joe franco and i'm sitting here with a cup of tea and i wanted to bring you this episode because this is something i've been doing a lot lately i've been doing it on journaling calls with joe club i've been doing it on my own i did it with my partner did you think something dirty no it's planning and so i've gathered a bunch of tips to help yourself plan the year because if you're anything like me you've probably already tried to squeeze 12 months worth of tasks into like 10 days and that's just not gonna work for any of us i've put together some beautiful printables for your 2024 planning and they cover a few bases like travels, your ideas, big ideas that you want to brainstorm and develop in the year, as well as quarterly kind of planning and a general what do you want to do in the major buckets of your life. There are no rules to this and I think that's all that I need to tell you before we get into it. Kill the intro, sis! You know she's not your Now let's set expectations. I am a business owner. I love learning languages. I'm really big on family bonding. I have a bunch of friends. I have a relationship. I own a house. I travel all the time. So the planning that I have had to learn how to do has been trial and error. What I learned from last year is that I will no longer focus on what I do not have working for me, but instead I'll work on what I do have working for me. For instance, this time last year, I was panicking on financial kind of P&Ls. I didn't think Joe Club was making the money it should have been making. I went into panic mode and dove myself off a cliff by cramming things in last minute. It was not a good look. Now, from that learning, we've already planned a full 12-month calendar of the themes and the sessions that we're gonna be hosting. I know that I have four retreats this year, they're blocked in the calendar. I've plotted most of my travels in the calendar. There might be better tips on the internet. I'm not saying I'm an expert, but here's what I've learned about planning an efficient and well-rounded year. Before we go forward, it's always important to look back. My planning always starts with reflection of what happened last year. Like I said, I took inventory of what worked last year and what did not work. And for the first six months of the year, I was scrambling with scarcity mindset, trying to fill all the holes. And instead of investing energy towards what I was already doing well, i completely abandoned what i was doing well i.e the podcast videos content and i started focusing on all of this admin back end stuff that no one knew i was doing and while it did help and i learned a lot my team was scrambling and i was scrambling and overall it wasn't the best use of my time and that was my learning from 2023 which is why planning 2024 was a giant priority starting around September and October of 2023. A big chunk of my planning begins with thinking about what worked from the year before. The first journal prompt I'm gonna ask you is what worked and what did not work. And it could be various things. It could be that you didn't have enough time to do certain things or that you were always procrastinating and deadlines were creeping up or that you barely saw your friends or that you were dating and the dates were pretty bad and you didn't feel good about it. And don't forget to include various elements of your life like friendships, romance, money, career, family, spiritual goals, wellness goals, health goals, intellectual goals. Think about what those categories look like in your previous year, and more importantly, what you want them to look like this year. A few other questions that I encourage you to journal about is what energized you from the last year that you just experienced? What activities, people, places, and environments allowed you to feel like your most vibrant self? And what activities lit you up? What did you find yourself geeking out about or always trying to tell your friends about? because odds are you want more of that in your next year so now once you've done this reflection work analyze what you've written like an outsider this is a judgment-free zone so you're just going to take a look at what you wrote and then maybe underline things that really stuck out to you for me one year when I did this I realized oh yeah I should probably schedule some language classes because I haven't done that and that was something that I felt like I was always talking about and never doing and that kind of segued into this giant new phase in my life where I'm an active language learner. Another thing that could be creeping up for you as it did for me was, well, I wasn't as active as I wanted to be. I wasn't out in nature as much as I craved. So now I have that in the back of my mind and on paper that I wanna plot some nature trips, some walks around the neighborhood and adventures are important to me. But the key thing is it's really tough to plan correctly unless you do this retrospective backtracking you got to digest what just happened in your life and then you could process it and move on the next step in the planning process is to set meaningful goals of course there are surface level goals that society might tell us that we need to hit and these are different for every culture and country but for the most part there are specific goals like get a degree get a job get into a relationship like those are goals that i would ask yourself if you want those goals because you don't need to follow the traditional goal setting timeline so that's number one it's like take a look around you and see what goals you have on your list that are actually yours versus the goals that other people and other pressures are imposing on you. So many people that I know are chasing goals that they actually don't even want. And that's why it's important to do the reflection in part one. Another technique that I always use is to identify the major buckets in my life from these journal entries. So for instance, for me, I break my goals down into categories, personal, and that includes adventures, friends, family, romance. Then there are my professional goals, finances included, so money falls into that category. My wellness goals, mental and physical wellness, and intellectual goals. So identifying the learning and skills that I want to acquire in the following year. And I usually make quadrants on my piece of paper to say, okay, these are the goals in these categories. And something else that I want to add, because I do a lot of journaling sessions and Things come up like this all the time. Many people admit that they are guilty when they assign themselves goals that are seemingly self-centered. For instance, I wanna train for a half marathon. And I've heard people, especially women, especially women of color, say that they feel guilty for creating a goal that is not directly benefiting anybody else or isn't directly benefiting some monetary or success metric. And my rebuttal to that is always like, well, if you train for that half marathon and you do the half marathon or even if you don't the fact that you create a goal for yourself that is uniquely for you and you fulfill that goal or you basically keep your word to yourself your confidence will grow and then you basically just start showing up to your life in a more pizzazzy way i never feel like self-development and growth is selfish because it helps you show up more confidently more secure in yourself more just like present in other aspects of your life there might be a limit like too much self development is probably a thing too. Too much productivity can get a little daunting and just like annoying but overall like if you want to do the half marathon do the damn half marathon and think of it like hygiene emotional and mental and physical hygiene working out taking care of yourself reading learning those are all acts of hygiene so you could show up feeling squeaky clean and then there's a framework called smart goal setting which stands for specific measurable achievable relevant and time bound goals so smart goals is this framework that allows you to create goals that are easy to identify. For instance, like some people might just put, I want to read more on their goals list. When in reality, there's no way to measure that because that's not specific. It's not time bound. So a way to turn something as generic as I want to read more into a smart all capitals goal would be to make it specific so I want to read one book every month there's a specific goal it's one book it's measurable because it's one it's achievable one book a month is totally achievable it's relevant because it's going to be a book that you choose and it's going to be relevant to what you love it's time bound within one month the easier way to look at it is just like make sure that there's a time assigned to the goal and that there's a trackable measurable quantity so when I set goals it's like make two podcasts this month and that's realistic that's specific that's measurable and it's time bound so try to think about how you can translate most if not all of your goals into these specific and time bound measurable trackable achievable goals so now you've probably already started writing so take a look at what you've written so far and see how you can convert the goals that you have into smart goals
0: introducing wonder suite from bluehost.com
1: The next step is to get a little corporate a corporate planning session is lengthy it takes maybe weeks on end I always look at my calendar when I'm starting to think about the next year in a 12 month view. So really looking at a full year, what is the next year my life gonna look like? And then I start plotting points of what months am I gonna be traveling? What months do I wanna do launches? Looking at the month with holidays in mind. So, okay, we know Christmas is happening. We know Thanksgiving is happening. What does that mean for where I'm gonna be in the world? What does that mean for what my company is doing? And then I fill in the gaps. And once I have the full 12 month scope, then I'll look into the quarters and define, given my overarching goals for the year, how do I look at quarter one, which is January until March, quarter two, April until June, quarter three, July until September, and quarter four, October until December. And I break down my big, big giant goals. And even my word of the year, how do I put those focal points based on quarter. It's helpful to think about the seasons too in the world. If you live in a place with seasons, you already know that there's a winter, spring, summer, and a fall. A cool exercise that I did with Joe Club was breaking down the symbolism of the seasons. So for instance, if you're in a creative winter, you're in hibernation. Things are happening underground. You don't see the trees, you don't see the leaves, but things are happening underground. This might be a resting period. And eventually, once you've hibernated, you can blossom into a spring, which is when you start seeing the tiny little seedlings that you planted, they start to bloom. In the spring, tons of rain comes down, which means a lot of pain might be shedding. There is tremendous power necessary for Things to grow underground. So, you're gonna be working hard in the spring and continuing to plant those seeds. And on the subject of planting, one of the big thought starters that I kind of started this framework with the season framework, which is not creative at all because I'm sure people do this all the time, but I started Googling how many months did I need to germinate tomato seeds before fruits were actually ripe enough to eat because I like planting. And I found out you need to plant tomato seeds three months before so you got to plant them in the winter if you want to see them in the spring and i was like damn yeah that's symbolic as hell for business and friendships and fitness most good things in life take at least three months to start showing fruit and that does not even mean that it's in this prime ripe season that's just like you see that the work you put in wasn't for nothing but it takes three months and as a undercover hippie i love to look at nature as a way to reframe my impatience because if nature can wait three months, then so the hell can I. Another reason why it's really important to break things down into quarterly goals is because it'll look easier. It's easier to digest three months than it is to be like, (gasps) I have 12 months of things to do. Zoom in on your quarters and try to pick focal words, vocal vibes, you might even want to assign them to seasons. For instance, like in the summertime, I will take time off because I want to feel like it's summer. It can match where you live or it could be totally opposite. You know the rhythms of your life and so you can assign whatever season you feel like you need around that time of year. Another tip is to get realistic because I know y'all are out here making 5 million plans and try to have it stack and be strategic with how you actually attack your goals. For instance, if one of my goals is to make money and another one of my goals is to write and another one of my goals is to learn language, I, being a crazy person, would likely start writing in a different language and making videos about it And then eventually that will make me money because i have used different things like affiliate links or i could sell language courses or i can promote joe club fluent so it's all about stacking habits another example i've told you guys before if you've heard this pod i wanted to run more it was winter time so i needed to buy a treadmill i wanted to learn language and i wanted to post content on social media so i started posting videos of me learning language with pinsler on my treadmill using the affiliate link and then i ended up making money while working out and learning a language like that's the 2024 energy that i am hoping for all of us it's major habit stacking so take a look at your list and strategically try to think if there's a way to align multiple things you could do this In other ways too, that has nothing to do with money. For instance, if you miss crocheting and you also wrote that friendships are important to you this year, why not look for a crocheting circle online or in person or even creating one so you could meet people with similar interests. There are ways to make things more efficient and no one is gonna tell you that's the hard part. It's a really fun exercise, I love doing this so much, but it'll help you because we don't have that much time. And if you have kids or work or you're in school, you're already stressed. So including your goals on top of the to-dos that life has already thrown at you seems daunting, but there are ways to make it work. Another way that I kind of hack the system is that I will look for loose time in my day. So when I'm doing my makeup, I could be on the phone. So I'm on the phone with my boyfriend catching up. When I'm making my coffee, I'm doing Duolingo because that's how long it takes for the water to boil. When I'm running on the treadmill, I'm either listening to some language lesson or I'm listening to an audiobook. When I'm cooking, I'm also doing the same thing, either catching up on the news or listening to an audiobook because I have multiple goals and I am also doing things that I can stack. Picking up loose time also means being a little bit disciplined on, I'm sorry. Many people do many things to avoid their actual goals and things that they know would make them happier. So this also came from a joke club session. One of my facilitators and members, Jamie, shout out to you, Jamie. She started talking about how she's a gamer and she actually works in video games. So she needs to play video games for her work. But when things got too out of hand, she started assigning gamer days and non-gamer days. And so it inspired me to do the same thing with my weakness, which is binging Netflix, binging Disney, binging streaming platforms in general. So now I'm on a new kick of Tuesdays and Thursdays are streaming days. Every other day I'm going to read. I'm going to do puzzles, I'm gonna still relax, but it's not gonna be streaming because that affects everything else. I sleep worse, I waste so much time, and it's just not a good look. And if you can, try to bake in contrast in your day. That's something that I've started doing as well. And by contrast, I mean, you wake up, you do a workout or a tiny yoga session. Then you go to work. And then in the middle of the day, maybe you listen to an audiobook that's entertaining to you. Then you go back to work. Then you take a coffee break, talk to a friend for 20 minutes. Then you go back to work. Creating the kind of day where you're enjoying yourself and getting things done, I think that's better for sustainability because if all you're doing is cramming on work, you're gonna burn out. And you could probably do that for one week, but you're not gonna be able to do that for the whole year. Contrast is key. Schedule blocking is one of the best tips that I can give you. It was an exercise that I did in college and it was the first time I visually saw how much I was trying to do. There's nothing like making seven columns on a piece of paper and just saying Monday through Sunday and physically drawing in what you plan on doing during the week for you to realize quickly like, you gotta either habit stack or move some things because they are not priority. Scheduling in general, I think it's such an underrated skill and an underrated tool that I'm probably gonna make more content about it because I live on schedules, I live on, and it's, it's elastic scheduling because I move things around, I rebook flights, I change things up, but I really firmly believe that having a schedule and having a plan will get you way further than if you didn't ever create one because you're creating a for yourself that will ultimately get you to the end goal even if it takes you a little longer than you anticipated the fact is once you have a map it's hard to sway off track it's hard to get lost but if you don't have a map hello honey all you are is lost And of course, as you know, I'm going to tell you, baking in some self-care, and this is, I'm like preaching to myself here, baking in some self-care is really important. Some days I wake up and I'm so stressed that I'll just take the whole morning to journal and I don't give a damn. So if it means moving deadlines, telling people I'm sorry, I can't. I've also started doing spa nights or like solo dates once a week in my house. And then if I can swing it, I'll take myself out either to a coffee to read or to dinner because I feel like that solo time for me is what I need to kind of come to the table ready to go. Although I do love a conversation with somebody else, I'm just like, I need to talk to myself sometimes. So scheduling, self-care, whatever that means to you, fitness, really, really important. Staying sharp physically will also help everything else. Not only does working out help your memory, but it helps your body feel less like crap. And if you stay on top of your health, you have less health problems, which then will eliminate doctor's visits and time spent feeling like crap. You see where this is going, it's all connected. So yeah, journaling could be good for your mental wellness, running, getting your workout in, cardio for sure, going for walks, relaxing, whether that means reading, or doing a puzzle or just like staring at the birds outside and setting boundaries. In the beginning of the year, you might be very focused and not as social, but when it starts to get a little hot, people will be out in the streets. And it's important to not say yes to everything. When I was in London, I was saying yes to everything. And then I got super sick because one, germs, two, no sleep. And then I was like, oh yeah, I remember what this is. This is like my twenties all over again. So then I started staying my ass at home and watching some TV or taking a bath and just doing me. And you have to be okay with Jomo and develop the joy of missing out. Like you have to be cool with knowing you're missing out. And not only being cool with it, but looking forward to missing out. And then your friends will be like, we went to this awesome party. And you'll be like, and I had an awesome bubble bath, boo-boo. I'm feeling great. Didn't wake up hungover. And that, my friends, is what 31 years on this earth will do to you. Next tip. Making sure that you have motivational tools. We all face resistance, procrastination, the thick wall of lack of desire, laziness. Y'all know what I'm saying? And to overcome this, I have created a bit of a catchphrase. You can make your own, I made my own. I have two this month. One is just get it done, just get it done. And another one is just five minutes. Because if I start something and say, just five minutes i will start for just five minutes and likely continue and if i don't and i only just do the five minutes i'll be like cool that's all i set out to do anyways so it's not a recipe for disaster (laughs) here are some other ones that you could take you can count down to five seconds and then just start doing whatever you're doing and that's by mel robbins you can use one that i used many many years ago uh, which is
0: my name is joanna franco and i have goals and i will not leave this place until i accomplish those goals
1: of course you would swap out your name unless you do want to use my name which would be hilarious another one is just one page just one page if you're a creative and you're drawing or writing or doing anything that requires pages in general it's a page at a time and if you're on a fitness goal it's just one step just one step or like just put the sneakers on just put the clothes on Anything that you could do to get yourself motivated. I think it's important to create a phrase because that phrase will be top of mind when laziness hits. And laziness will freaking hit. It always does. It did this morning. And then my just get it done got me out of bed. And the last tip is to make plans but don't be so hard on yourself if things change i will plan even if i have to edit the plans because i believe i will get further in my life and i have if i make a plan and it's in my calendar or it's on my notepad it's in my journals at least i'm aware of it so awareness is step one to all of this planning is step two block things in your calendar make those phone calls schedule the appointments reach out to those people and again it's all about elastic discipline which means that you you will be disciplined on some weeks and some weeks you won't but it's okay as long as you know where you're going it's very unlikely that you will get completely off track. AKA draw yourself a roadmap and pick your catchphrase and let's make it happen. Now I'm curious, what is your mantra for the year? And do you have any planning tips that we need to know about? Let me know in the comment section or slide up in my DMs at joe underscore Franco and let me know. Again, don't forget to download the free planning template that is gonna be in the description box. Have an above average week because you deserve it. Hey yo, come listen to my girl, man.